This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. We started, oh, a couple weeks ago uh, talking about, let's see, what do we call that? Radical change or radical transformation. That's what we were talking about. And I'd like to continue along that line. But let me just share a little uh, article Susan had shared with me uh, this week. Aunt Ruby, I actually had a Aunt Ruby Lee. Here's Aunt Ruby and Uncle Arnie adopted a baby boy after five years of not being able to conceive. Shortly after, Aunt Ruby became pregnant and gave birth to a boy. That has happened lots of times, hasn't it? I know my sister had one. She's like, you buy one, you get one free. You know, it's kind of the way it works, I think. You know, anyhow, when the boys were eight, nine years old, the neighbor came to visit. And she asked, which boy is yours, Ruby? Oh, both of them, Aunt Ruby replied. I mean, which one is adopted? And Aunt Ruby didn't hesitate. In her finest hour, she looked straight at her guest and replied, I've forgotten. Think about that for a moment. I have forgotten. When we are adopted as God's children, we quickly come to cherish our Heavenly Father's forgetfulness. For he chooses to forget our sins to forget our wayward past and to give us full rights of sons and daughters. He treats us as if we had never sinned. That's just the way it really genuinely is. But I thought that was awesome. And our Father God, he loves us. And he'll never, when we've confessed our sin to him, he'll never bring it back up again. When he forgives, he cleanses it completely away. Anyhow, that's a radical transformation that does take place. Well, we started, you know, talking about this uh, transformation, and we come to the place of realizing Faith Living Church, and if you've been coming here for umpteen years, you've seen something like this hanging over here on the, the wall, and it's our three values. It's kind of like a, I use the analogy of a milking stool. The old traditional milking stool had three legs on it. And it would support you while you milked the cow. But you had to have at least three, you know, for it to function properly. It was a good foundation. And uh, this is our three core values. And that's relationships, relationship with us and God. Then relationship with other believers. And then relationship with the world out there who were really trying to show Christ. And then, what's that, the second one? Transformation. And when you accept Christ as your Savior, he transforms you. But then the ongoing uh, process, which the scripture tells us as we behold him in his word, we are changed or transformed from glory to glory. Um, Immediately when we accept Christ, there's a transformation. But there's a process of transformation as we read and study his word that continues transforming and changing us from glory to glory. And then relevance. Relevance is what makes us real to people. It connects with people. It puts the cookies on the lower shelf so everybody can reach them and have access to them. 
And that's, that's what our core values has, has been, you know. And uh, Jesus said, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And see, the local church, the local church is the hope of the world. That's, that's just what Christ has portrayed. And he says he's going to build it. And it's in every nation on the planet. His church is. And people who love him. But his church is the hope of the world because they have his message that they share with others. And then our mission, our mission, and as we start off in a new year, it's good for us to be reminded of these things. Our mission is to make fully devoted followers of Christ, not half devoted. Who wants half-hearted anything, you know? But we want fully devoted, and that's our mission as a church and as individual believers is to make fully devoted followers of Christ and to build vibrant and see fully devoted followers of Christ is all about transformation and then building vibrant relationships. Well, we see that core value over here, relationships, building vibrant relationships. Yes, with us and God, with us in the body of Christ and with us and our fellow man so we can lead them to Christ. And then our mission is to communicate God's message in relevant ways by, you know, Christmas in the village and roasting chestnuts on open fire or VBAs or brown paper bags or whatever it is. We strive to put the cookies on the lowest shelf so everybody has access to the gospel, to a relationship with Christ. Um, let me read you the verse I read last week, but I'm reading it to you in the Amplified Bible. It's in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And it just says, and do not be conformed. Do not uh, be changed in the wrong way. Do not be conformed to, you know, uh, don't agree to, don't do the accepted thing that this world wants you to do. That's what it's talking about. And do not be conformed to this world any longer. It means we have in the past. Do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial. And superficial is talking about shallow. It's talking about phony. It's talking about insincere. It says... And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs. If it's superficial values and ways of life, what he's saying here, but be transformed. And what's the essence? What's the simplest way to say transformed? Changed. He says, but be transformed. You know, be changed. And progressively, this is a process and progressively changed. Ah, oh, this progression, this process of changes, we behold him in his word and progressively change as you mature. Now, how many of you here today would say that you're mature? Three people. That's the same thing I did last night. This is like, I'm not mature yet. Well, I'm not either, you know. I'm still a kid at heart. But when it comes to being mature spiritually, we want to strive for that kind of maturity. And he says here, 
but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature, as you uh, develop and are established, as you mature spiritually. Spiritually. You know, letting God bring about this change. And he says, how? By the renewing of your mind. By the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and, and ethical attitudes. He, he wants, you know, this to, 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 to bring about spiritual maturity as we focus on godly values and ethical attitudes. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, it says, Set your mind. Set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things that are above. Set your mind and, and keep focused habitually all the time on things above. The heavenly things. Not on things that are on the earth which have only temporal value. There's so much, isn't there, that strides for our attention here on this earth? Anything. The devil will, will, will grant us all kinds of requests and, and the pursuits and the entertainment and the interests as long as it leaves God out of the picture. That's what he wants us to do is to be entertained on something that is always changing. See, God don't change. God don't change. And he says, set your mind and keep focus habitually on things above, heavenly things, not the stuff of this earth. Anyhow, going back to Romans chapter 12, verse 2, the latter part of the, the verse after it says, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is. You can prove it yourself, what the will of God is. That which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. And see, it's our thoughts that shape us. It's our thoughts that bring about the transformation and the change and it shapes us. His word does this and his words change our thoughts and it shapes us and it changes us and helps us to be more and more like Christ. Um, so what I want to talk about here today is some things we've talked about in some of our connections courses and classes that we've offered over the years and all. But I want to share some concepts of how you can really get a, a grasp of God's word. To really get a hold of it, you know? That's what I want to talk about. So, uh, how many here have a hand? It's about half of you, okay. <laughs> now, I know you ain't being honest with me or you're still asleep or something like that. But let me see your two hands for just a moment. Okay, thank you. You guys at home can raise a hand too. All right, thank you. All right. But a hand is going to be a tool to help us grasp a hold of God's word, you know? So what I want to do, I want you to imagine for a moment as you're looking at your hand, and uh, if you're right-handed, I want you to hold up your left hand like this. And I want you to imagine, if I had enough uh, Sharpies, I would give them to you so you could write on your fingers. Now, that's probably unacceptable, so I'm not going to give you an uh, ink pen or a Sharpie or nothing. But imagine... You write on pinky finger, okay? Can you do that? Just imagine it. Write on your pinky finger the word 
here, all right? H-E-A-R, here, okay? So on pinky finger, we wrote the word here. Now, I promise you, this will help you get a grasp of God's word. Get a hold of it, you know, and not let it go, and it will change you. And then on the Mr. Ring finger here, I want you to, to write, read. Here, and, and on the ring finger, write the word read, R-E-A-D, read. And then on middle finger, I want you to write the word study. Here, read, study, okay? And then on the pointer, wait, let me see if y'all could, what was this one? And on this one here, on your pointer finger, I want you to write memorize. Okay, what was this one? Hear, read, study, memorize. So write that on your finger there. Imagine it so. And uh, then I want you to write on your, your thumb, meditate. So let's go through them all one more time. And then on the palm of your hand, I want you to write apply. Okay, so there's six things I want you to remember here, and it will help you greatly. And um, let's see, what I need is, and I promise I won't break our social distancing or anything, but I need a volunteer, just one strong volunteer. Okay. Well, if I'm going to handle volunteers, it's going to have to be you, I reckon, Susan. Oh, you volunteered? Now, this guy is a strong guy. I think he can do it, okay? Stay right there. It's the word of God. Now, what I want us to grasp hold of, what, what was this little finger say? Here. So, I want you to grasp a hold of this Bible, okay? You can't use your head or your nose or your chest or your foot or anything, and you can only touch the outside of the Bible, but I want you to grasp it with just your little finger. He looks down at his finger. He looks at the Bible. He's pushing it around on the floor. Grasp it. Just grasp it. <laughs> You're pushing it against your other fingers. That's cheating. Let's give him an applause for his effort, okay? Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Now, see, he couldn't grasp it with that little finger. But I'm going to tell you something. If you get all of his fingers in there in the palm of his hand, I I'm sure you got a good grasp, don't you? And you can get a hold of that thing. And I probably couldn't get it back away from you. You know, but it's hard to grasp with just a little finger, you know? It's hard to grasp God's word that way. So let me uh, read the uh, verse that really portrays this little finger here. It's found in Romans 10, 17, and it says, So then faith comes by hearing. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
And see, faith is powerful, but that's not all that we need is only hearing it. Hearing it is fantastic. Christ speaks, and that's how come we have the Bible. Christ speaks, you hear, faith comes, and then radical change. You can experience radical change in all kinds of areas of your life. Christ speaks, you hear, faith comes, radical change follows. Christ speaks, you don't hear, faith don't come, no radical change. Christ speaks, you hear, faith comes, you don't hear, faith don't come. So it's very important if you want to get a hold of God's word, you got to hear it. We understand that positively, you got to hear. Now, what are some of the ways we have heard and some of the ways that we can hear God speak today? You think about it, and I'm just going to throw out just a few ideas, and you'll have dozens more, I'm sure, but in church services where they teach the Bible, you can hear God's word if somebody's there reading it to you, you know. Church services, you, you, you are exposed to God's word, so you can hear. And have you ever been part of a Bible study of any kind? You've been a part of a Bible study? You can hear God's word as you're studying the Bible together and sharing with other believers, you know, like in a life groups, which we started a prototype of last year, and we're going to launch out into a big time in this year. It's called Rooted, one of the greatest life groups I've ever been a part of and that we uh, were able to share with uh, 60 of the leaders of our church. We took them through this, and it's fantastic. It's called Rooted, and uh, we'll tell you more about that as time progresses, but that's a place where you can hear God's Word as well. And years ago, we used to uh, do cassette tapes. Y'all remember cassette tapes? Let's see how far I'm going to go back. Y'all remember 8-track tapes? Y'all remember reel-to-reel tapes? <laughs> you know? And before that, what was it? Uh, they would uh, copy things on records, <laughs> you know, record players and things like that. And I reckon you go back far enough and just people just told it. It was recorded on their brain and they just told other, other people about that. But there's all kinds of ways that we have and yet can hear, if you think about it right now, uh, you know, uh, videos and CDs and DVDs and televisions and radios, these are all other methods that you can hear God's word upon. And it's important that we hear. Now, this statistic I'm going to share with you is a little discouraging to pastors. It really is. When I first came across this, this statistic, it says humans, we forget 95% of what we hear. 95 cents? Can you imagine? I want 100% of we remember it. But statistics say that we forget 95% of what we hear. Can you imagine when you're talking to people and they go away and they only retained 5%? The rest of them, they forgot. It'd be a little discouraged, don't you think? That's why if you use paper bags... And you use all kinds of other crazy object lessons, you, you, your percentage of take home increases. You know that's, that's that's relevant, but it's hard to apply if if you don't remember. 
what you hear. So there's things that we can do to help us retain what we have heard, you know, uh, to improve and increase our hearing. And, and listen to what it says here in Luke chapter 8, verse 8. It says, anyone. Now, what percentage of the population is this referring to? 100%. Anyone who is willing to hear, anyone who is willing to hear should listen and understand. Uh, are you willing to, to hear? Let me see here. I don't know if you know what these are. It's like, this is like medicine or something, I think, right? Anybody know what these are? Do you know what they're called? Resistor. Have you ever resisted God? God's going, I want to tell you something. And we go, excuse me just a moment. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Do we ever do God that way? Are y'all still here? How come you ain't talking to me no more? Oh, I can hear a little bit of noise in here. But do we ever do this to God? Do we resist him? Think about that. How it relates to you. It says here, anyone who is willing to hear... Other translations, many of them will say, he who has ears to hear, hear what the Lord is saying to him. But it says, anyone who's willing, and I'm asking you the question, and think about the answer, are you willing to hear from God? Anyone who is willing to hear, anyone who's willing to tune in to God, you know, he said, should listen and understand. That word understand means you should listen and, and value and to identify with it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, uh-huh, agree and identify with it. Listen and understand, you know, get in harmony with it. Anyone who's willing to hear should listen and understand. The Amplified Bible says, he who has ears to hear, let him listen and let him consider, which means let him listen and, and think about. Consider means to think about. He who has ears to hear, let him listen and let him consider and understand by hearing. That's the way we will understand what God's saying. By hearing, listening, and considering it, and, and really valuing it, and getting in agreement with it and all. It's, it's what he's telling us here in the Amplified Bible. In Luke chapter 8, verse 18, it says, So be sure to pay attention. We understand that, right? Be sure to pay attention to what you hear. Now, do you ever, you ever see people who are pretending to pay attention? Or they were just preoccupied with stuff. Let me see. Now, this is like my dad. I love my dad. My dad was a believer. He was a good dad. He allowed me to grow up in a Christian family. Uh, he was a school teacher. 
He taught automotives in a vocational part of the high school. And, and he taught a night class as well. So he worked really hard and long hours. But when he'd come home and mom was fixing dinner, he'd be sitting over there on the sofa, you know, and he'd have his newspaper. And I don't know where, where this one came from or what it's about. I don't know if he would read this one or not, but this is what he would do. He'd sit there and his newspaper was a lot bigger than this one. It's still on the sofa. And I'd be talking to him. Hey, Dad, I did this. Uh, oh, wow. Okay, that's good. And I'd just be talking to him. Hey, Dad. This, uh, and, and, and he would just be shaking his head and saying, oh, that's good. And Dad, the house is on fire. Oh, okay, that's, that's nice. You know, it's like, and then I knew he was preoccupied. He was pretending to listen. Have you ever done that? Now, my son, James, he gave me some hearing aids. For Christmas. What'd you say? See, as a kid, I shot lots of fireworks. Then the bigger, the better. I ran chainsaws as a teenager and uh, lots of equipment and made lots of noises. And I shot a lot of guns and things like that. And we didn't know we should have hearing protectors. So my, my hearing is not as good as it should be. But he got me these hunter hearing aids. For outdoors, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I, I know a lot of you guys. And I've seen this process take place lots of times. People are in a conversation that they're really not wanting to be in. And I know this now because I have a set of these, these outdoorsmen hearing aids. And you can just go up there and push a little button. And it just gets so peaceful and so quiet. And whoever's there, you don't hear a thing. You can pretend, oh. Yeah, you can pretend, but you ain't hearing nothing. Now I wonder, do we ever do that with God? It's not the wisest thing if we were to do it with God. It's, it's, it's not the wise way to do it. But it says so in, 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 uh, in Luke chapter 8, 18, it says, so be sure to pay attention to what you hear. Pay attention to what you, you hear. Pay attention to what you hear. Let him be listening. Oh, wait, I'm, I'm backing up at the Amplified. Hold on a second. So be sure to pay attention to what you hear. To those who are open, to those who are open to my teaching. This is Jesus to those who are open to my teaching, they're not pushing buttons and sticking earplugs in. They're not pretending or preoccupied. Be sure to pay attention to what you hear. And to those who are open to my teaching, more understanding will be given. You're going to be a wise man, a wise woman, because God's going to give you more understanding if you're open and you want to hear and you want to understand. In the book of James chapter 1, verse 21, it says, so get rid of all. Now, what percentage is all? 100%. So get rid of all the filth and the evil in your lives. And if you'll remember oh, a few weeks ago, I had a, a, a glass of milk here that was 100% full. At least we thought it was. And I said, can I add more milk? They said, oh, it's full. And then I took a pair of tongs and I reached in. Y'all remember that? 
And I started taking out rock after rock after rock. And there was only about half of the glasses full of milk. The rest of it was rocks. And, and sometimes there's, there's stuff, not rocks, other kinds of things, stuff of this world that's in us, that we're not full of the word. We're not full of the spirit because we're full of something else or, or maybe full of ourselves and all. And uh, but it says here, so get rid of all the filth and the evil in your lives and humbly accept the message. Humbly accept the message God has planted in your hearts for it is strong enough to do what? To save your soul and the souls of other people around about you. Let me read you this little article here. Let's see, that was one I already read. Here's another article. Recently, something rapturous happened a few spaces down the church pew from me. The pastor announced that a young boy in our congregation named Crockett had given his heart to Christ that week. Another boy, about four years old, he jumped up on the seat of the pew and thrust his fist into the air and yelled, Yay, Crockett! Yay, Crockett! Until his mama finally got him under control and made him sit down and hush. His response was totally unselfish. And he was not conscious that people didn't like his joy and his exuberance. And uh, he was just, you know, exhilarated to hear that Crockett had accepted Christ in his life. But Mama rebuked him. Sit down. You know, you're embarrassing everybody. You know, too bad the entire congregation should have been standing on the pews. And the life of any church History is made when a person receives Christ. These are moments so great, they must be celebrated in heaven and on earth. Did you know that the Bible says when one person accepts Christ in their life, it says that there is a party in heaven, that all the angels of heaven rejoice when one person accepts Christ. Did you know that? It says it in your Bible. Look and see if you can find it sometime. But the thing is, we should keep heaven rejoicing by leading men and women, boys and girls to Christ. There's some folks who I have mentored over the years and to this day, when they lead someone to Christ, don't matter what time it is, day or night, don't matter if they call them and say, Pastor Ron, guess what? I led so and so. Yeah! Man, I want to get up there with this little four-year-old kid standing on the pew and throw my fist in the, in the air and hooray and hallelujah and awesome. And that's what we do. If you do that kind of stuff, yes, I do. Because if the church can't lead somebody to Christ, what are we there for? Is going to heaven better than going to hell? How many of you think so? All of us? Yes. And we should be thrilled when people come to know Christ. And we should throw ourselves completely 100% into whatever it is we can do to win men and women, boys and girls to Christ and learn how to do it. 
If you want to catch big fish, find somebody who catches big fish and tell them to teach you, you know. This is awesome. This is wonderful. This is fantastic is what I'm talking about. Anyhow, verse uh, Hebrew, Hebrew chapter 2, verse 1, it says, So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard. So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard, or we may drift away from it. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen one of these or not. You ever seen one of these? What's wrong with it? It's flat. I got another one. Is this a volleyball or a soccer ball? Yeah? Here. What's going on there? It's flat. Okay, you can send it back up here for me if you don't mind. Whoa! All right. All right. Well, there's something I learned about the South, and lo and behold, you turn around, it's the same about Connecticut. Me and my brother down south would go fishing in a boat. We'd go in the rivers, ready to a lake, but this river went for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles. When you go up in the rivers, certain times of the week, certain times of the weather, and I'm not exaggerating at all, you can find hundreds of basketballs and soccer balls. And if it's a ball, you will find it floating in the river. Has anybody here been in a boat in the river and seen balls? They're in some kid's yard. It rolls out to the edge of the road. If it's small enough to get washed into the drain, it goes down and wherever water ends up, however it gets to the river, that's the way the balls go. Goes down the road, and it's always downhill to the river somehow or another. And there are hundreds and hundreds of balls that have drifted through a little bit of wind blowing it, through a little bit of rain and the water and the torrential downpours and, and all. And, and balls somehow or another make their way to the river. And I'm not exaggerating. And they're usually kind of like this here. They're kind of flat and, you know, sagging and they're not reaching their full potential. Anyhow, the scripture says here, so we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard or we may drift. And you and I don't want to drift away from God's word. We don't want to drift off course. We genuinely do not. This was what? This was. And what was that one there? What was that one? Hey, y'all doing good. Well, let me talk just about reading it for a moment. In Deuteronomy, this is talking about a king because only the kings and, and a few of the priests had, had access to any of God's word way back in the Old Testament days. And this is in Deuteronomy, and this is really referring to a king, but it's relevant to us. It says, he must always, what percentage is always? He must always keep this copy of the law with him and read it how often? Daily. Daily as long as he lives. How 
How often should we read it? For, for what portion of our life? As long as we live. And that's what it's talking about. If you want to get a grasp of God's word, we must always keep this copy of the law and read it daily as long as we live. When Elizabeth Barrett became the wife of Robert Browning, her parents disowned her because they disapproved of their marriage. The daughter, however, wrote almost every week telling them that she loved them and longed for a reconciliation. And after 10 years, she received a huge box, much larger than this one, a huge box in the mail that contained all the notes that she had sent and not one had been opened. Although those love letters have become an invaluable part of classical English literature, it is really pathetic to think that they were never read by Elizabeth Barrett's parents. For 10 years she's been saying... Mom, Dad, I love y'all. Would you forgive me? And can we reconcile things and just tell them about her life and her children, telling them all about what's going on? And her mom and dad never read one letter. To me, when I first read that, she was like, that's heartbreaking. You poured out your life and love, and the folks never responded, never even looked at it. Had they looked at just one, the broken relationship with their daughter might have been healed. If they just read one of those letters of her heart reaching out to them. Well, God has written love letters to you and to me. And it will bring a radical change when we begin to read the letters he has written and communicated to us. So we're talking about reading and we should read God's word. We should read it daily as long as we live. There's a systematic uh, way that we should read the Bible, you know. But I'm just going to tell you, we should not do, and a lot of people have done this. I've done this when I was first a Christian, the dip and skip method. Lord, what are you saying to me today? Oh, Judas went out and hung himself. No, no, that's not it. That's not it. Go out and do likewise. No! <laughs> There's a lot of people have done that in your infancy as a Christian, and God has honored it because he loves you. But it is absolutely unreliable method to read your Bible. For for. An absolute immature Christian, God has humored us and tolerated us, but you can't count on that. You know, we need to pick a book of the Bible and read it straight through the same way you would read a, a love letter. If you got a love letter from somebody, would you just like uh, skip down in the middle of it and just read one little piece of that and then put up and read another little piece of it a month later or something or another? 
No, you got loaded. You're going to start at the beginning. You're going to go to the end of it, you know. And that's what we need to do. And, and we need to, to read it all. And some people, well, I, I love Psalms and Proverbs. But you can't just live on Psalms and Proverbs alone, you know. We need to read all of it. And we need to, to read a Bible without notes. Now, if you look at one of my first original Bibles, it's worn and torn. It looks like it's been through a battle and off. And uh, it's got writing and colors and it's got notes and drawings and all kinds of things all over. And it's been taped together. With Years ago, we only had this old tape that kind of turns dingy brown as it gets older. And my old Bible looks kind of that way. And I discovered as time progressed, if I only use that Bible that had my notes in it, and if I only use another Bible that had pre-recorded notes in it, then I missed a lot. Uh, there's a lot of things I missed out because I would only remember the stuff I had already read and I would only understand those things, you know. You, you would see the same thing over and over and over. So you need to read a, a Bible, and that's one thing about uh, a lot of our phones and our computers. You can just have Bibles on there without notes in them of any kind, you know, and then you're open to what the Spirit is trying to tell you because you already know the verse. You can probably quote it, you know, but sometimes we need to read it with a fresh set of eyes like that, you know, and uh, it's really good if you're going to read it every, every, every year and all. Read it in different translations, you know, and uh, read it out loud. I mean, I learned this when I was in Bible school and as time progresses, if you fall asleep every time you start right, reading the Bible, I don't know if you've ever done something like that, I can't help, Pastor. What am I going to do? Stand on the side of the bathtub when you read your Bible. Because if you fall asleep, you will break your neck. Okay. That inspires you to stay awake while you read it. You'll find some creative ways, you know, to stay awake when you're reading your Bible if you really want to read it. And um, then when you're reading a Bible, although you do one without notes, and I, I started doing this for a while. It's like I'd get a new Bible every year without notes, and I would put my own notes in it every year. I would color it and all that kind of stuff, and that was a wonderful way to help me remember stuff, you know. And to have a reading plan. Susan and I, I think we've told y'all a couple of weeks ago that we're using the ones found in version. If you use the reading plan that's found in version, it's the app that's on your phone. It's free of charge. It don't cost you anything. All the scriptures I'm using right now, if you go in there on version and look up Faith Living Church events, you'll see the scriptures I'm using here today because they'll print them there for you guys, free of charge. So you'll have the scriptures already written down for you that I'm using today. I, we send them to them and they print them for us that way, but uh, they have a good reading uh, plan and if you follow that one, you'll be reading the same scriptures as Susan and I are reading every day. So you need that plan and that that will take you about 10, probably 15 minutes a day. You, oh, 15 minutes a day. Yes, to have the words of life. To bring a radical change in you and your children and those who are in your sphere of influence. 15 minutes. How much time do we spend in a, on a daily basis eating food? Oh, probably about five minutes. I don't think so. <laughs> we eat more than that. I'm absolutely positive. Okay, uh, see, this was hearing, reading, study. Okay, and I don't know how much of this I'm going to get through, to be honest with you. But anyhow, it says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, in the Amplified Bible, it says, Study 
and be eager to do your utmost to present yourself to God approved. Where God goes, hey, well done. You know, uh, you know the truth. You've studied it to put it to the test. It says, study and be eager and do your utmost to present yourself to God approved, tested by trial. A workman who has no cause to be ashamed because you study. Correctly analyzing because you study and accurately dividing because you study and rightfully handling because you study and skillfully teaching the word of truth because you study, you know. It takes study to do that. And he tells us study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman who can rightly devise, skillfully use and teach in all God's word. It says in Acts chapter 17, verse 11, and the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica, and they listened eagerly. They listened, they would hear, they listened eagerly to Paul's message. And they searched, they studied They investigated, they examined, they searched the scriptures. They searched the scriptures day after day to check up on Paul and Silas to see if they were really teaching the truth. And since the beginning, today's first time I ever taught, I said, listen, you compliment me when you say, where does it say that in the Bible? You know, just so you're not going to believe something because some preacher or something said something. Where is that in the Bible? You know, you check it out, you prove it, you put it to the test. And I think that's phenomenal. And that's what these guys in Thessalonica did. So there's questions to ask when you study. You know, you ask, well, well, who was saying that? And who were they saying it to? Well, Papa, God, we hear an emergency vehicle off in the distance. And they may be going to try to help somebody who we know. And we ask that you'd help those who are in great need right now and help those first responders who are on their way. Protect them, Lord, and and draw them closer to you, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Anyhow, these are the questions I would encourage you to ask when you're studying. Who? Who said it? Who are they saying it to? What were they saying? Who, what, when, where, why, and how? You ask those questions about what you're reading and, and, and you begin to study and then it begins to make more sense when you ask these kinds of questions, you know. And you need a good study Bible and I'll tell you the one that I started with. You do whatever you want. But I start with the Thompson Chain Reference Bible. One of the best study Bibles I've ever come across. And I've given hundreds of them away since I've been a pastor here. If I've ever taught you anything about how to study in the Bible, I also accompanied it with a free Thompson Chain Reference Bible because it's a phenomenal way to get you started in studying and all. And then I would encourage you to own as many translations of the Bible as you can get. And nowadays you can get them dozens and dozens of them for free on your computer, on your, your phone and all. Strong's Concordance and always have a good English dictionary because a lot of times we don't know what the English word means. So how can we know what the Greek and the Hebrew is and we don't even know what the English means? So it's good for us to have some dictionaries and it's good to have a friend to help you. From time to time we've taught courses on how to study the Bible, things like that. This is very important. And then what was this one here? What was it? Memorizing. Memorizing. Hearing, hear, read, study, 
Memorize. It's very important to memorize. This is what it says in Psalms 7 verse 1. Follow my advice, my son. Always treasure my commands. Obey them and live. Guard my teaching as your most precious possession. Is, is the Bible your most precious possession? He says, obey them. Guard my teaching as your most precious possession. Tie them on your fingers as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. When he says write them deep in your heart, that means memorize it. Write them deep within your heart. Helps us to resist temptation, to overcome temptation. You know, and, 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 and you remember when Jesus was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights? You remember what Jesus, how Jesus responded to the devil when he tempted him? He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Remember the devil tried to tempt him to turn some stones into bread? And see, he overcame temptations, and so will we overcome temptations. Psalms 119 verse 11 says, I have hidden your word, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It, it lights the darkness, you know. It, it genuinely does. Memorization lights the darkness, and it expels that. And memorization is the key to answered prayer. Would you like more of your prayers to be answered? Two of you? Okay. Well, at least you two, I think. John chapter 15, verse 7 says, But if you stay joined, this is Jesus song, but if you stay joined, King James says, If you abide in me, and my word remains or, or abides by memorization and meditation, if you stay joined to me, and my word remains, through memorization, meditation, and my word remains in you, you may ask, what's that next word? And what percentage is that? You may ask any request you like. That's fantastic. But listen to the next part of the sentence, and it will be granted. This is Jesus saying, if you remain in a relationship with me, and my word remains in you through memorization and meditation, you can ask any request you like, and it will be granted. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I have proven this out over 65 years, and Jesus never lies. He is telling us something that would change our life, guaranteed to increase the answers to your prayers when you know what the Word says and you've memorized it. And then you can meditate on it, and I'll explain that in just a moment. A man wrote scriptures on a little piece of paper, just little cards about like this. He wrote uh, memory verses on it, and then he put it on his uh, sun visor on the car. And he memorized over 500 verses at stoplights, traffic lights. What do you normally do at a traffic light? Well, imagine he learned 500 verses at a traffic light. Now, we've taught this before, how you take the first letter of a verse, and we can teach you how to memorize scriptures really quick. Uh, and we've done that in the service a time or two. And we'll do it again if you need. But by taking the first ver wor letter of the verse, like, For God so loved the world, F, G, S, L, W, For God so loved, oh, T, W. 
And then you go down here. Anyhow, it's a real easy way to memorize verses. And a lot of you have learned those. We've taught you in years gone by how to do that, you know. And uh, you, you, you uh, need to have some accountability if you want to memorize some passages. And start with probably two verses a week at least just to get started. And there's three keys to memorizing the scripture. The first is review. After you memorize it, review it periodically. The second key, guaranteed to work, review. And the third key is a review. And you review periodically, and it'll be with you for the rest of your life. Psalms 119, verse 72 says, Your law is more valuable to me than millions in gold and silver. Do we value God's word as much as we value something else in our home? You know, think about it. If your house is on fire, what are you going to grab? Grab the TV, you know, grab my Bible, you know. Well, a lot of the Bible will already be in you, to be honest with you. Okay. And what was the thumb? Meditate. Meditate. Listen to what it says here in Joshua chapter 1. Verse 7, it says, be strong and very courageous. Obey all. What percentage is all? Be strong and very courageous. Obey all the laws Moses gave you. Do not turn away from them and you will be successful in everything. What percentage is everything? You will be successful in everything you do if you obey all the law, all of God's word, and you don't turn away from it. You'll be successful in everything you do. Verse 8, study this book of the law. How often? Continually, it says. Study the book of the law continually, 100% of the time. Meditate on it day. Meditate on it day and night so you may be sure to obey all. Oh, if I meditate on it, it'll help me to obey it and to apply. That is written in it. You'll obey all that is written in it, and only then will you succeed. This is a formula, if you would, of guaranteed success in your prayers and all the things you do as a believer, a follower of Christ. You know, meditation brings a promise of success. And then it says in Psalms Chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with scoffers, but they delight. They take pleasure in. Oh, but they delight in doing everything, 100%. The Lord, everything the Lord wants. Day and night, they think about. Now, I use a translation that says think about. Other translations says they meditate. It's showing you that meditation is thinking about his law, that means to ponder, it means to imagine, it means to mutter, to murmur, you know, but in a positive kind of a way. Meditation is thinking about it from every angle. Meditation is like daydreaming, you know. Meditation is like worrying, but it's on the positive scale, thinking about all the good stuff that God has promised us. That's what meditation is. Anyhow, he says, think about his law. And then verse 3 says, they, and the people who think about his law is, they are like trees planted along riverbanks, bearing fruit each season without fail. Their leaves never wither, and in all they do, they prosper. If you meditate, because that enables you to get a grasp of God's word. And meditation 
is a disciplined thought. It's a disciplined thought. Meditation is a disciplined thought. Uh, and it's the key to becoming like Christ. This is what it says in Proverbs 4.23. It says, pay attention, my child, to what I say. Listen carefully. Don't lose sight of my words. Let them penetrate. Let them penetrate deep within your heart. That comes through uh, memorization and meditation. Let them penetrate deep within your heart. For they bring life. And what? Verse 22. Y'all didn't get Radiant health. They bring life and radiant health to anyone, 100% of anyone who discovers their meaning. You discover their meaning. It says his word brings life and radiant health to anyone who discovers their meaning. And above all else, guard your heart for it affects everything you do by guarding your eyes and guarding your ears. Don't let garbage go in your eyes and, and go in your ears. It's like a cow chewing the cud. It's like soaking in the word. It's, it's like, a, you ever marinate something and it takes on the flavor of whatever you marinate? We need to marinate in the, the, the word of God. Uh, it's like crock pocking. Crock potting. Do you have something at home in a crock pot right now? That's talking about meditation. It's just, it's just you stewing it. You're, 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 you're soaking it up. And we need to crock pot what the Word of God says. And there are several methods of meditation. One is picture it. Visualize it. As you're learning to meditate, we'll go on that some more another time. And personalize it. Replace the pronoun... I, them, they, he, she with your own name. Like, for God so loved Ronnie that he gave his only begotten son that if Ronnie believes in him, he shall not perish, but Ronnie will have everlasting life. As you meditate, put your own name in there. It makes it a lot more real to you. It changes situations there. And, you know, you, 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 you pronounce it, you know. God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Man, you really put emphasis when you're speaking it or when you're reading it. And paraphrase it if you want to. Put it in your own words. Make it your own. Take it home with you. You know, and then here's the whole man. Just change things. Pray it back to God. Pray his word back to God. You know, you said, Father, if I ask, I'd receive. You said if I'd seek, I would find. You said if I knock, then the door's going to be open to me. You said it, Father God, and I'm asking, and I'm seeking, and I'm knocking. See, pray the word. It changes everything. And then I'm just about, about ready to stop here. But i just got a couple more things I just want to share before we go. And this, this is one I, we call, it's my aha moment. It's just to probe the word, Okay. Now, this, you're not going to find this word here, but I call space pets, okay? Space pets. This will help you get a hold of God's word. The S in the word space, the S stands for, you ask these questions. Is there sin to confess in the scripture? When you're reading it, is there sin to confess? And the S in sin, it's the first letter, S. Is there sin to confess? Is there a promise to claim? What's the word, letter? P. So is there sin to confess? Is there a promise to claim? Is there an attitude to change? What letter is there? Is there a command to obey? C. Is there examples to follow? 
E. So that spells space already. And then, is there a prayer to pray? P. Is there an error to avoid? And then, is there a truth to believe? And there's something to be thankful for. All these, these are nine little thoughts here. And you can go back online. Don't cost you a penny to look it over again. Write them down. But you ask these questions. Space pets will help you remember what things to ask. So you can do what? Apply it. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap it up right here. What was this right here? Apply. Hear, read, study, memorize, meditate, and apply. And you can get a hold of the word. And it will change your life. You'll grasp it. And it won't get away from you. And it says here in James, uh, well, has anybody here ever sat on a tack? Be honest with me, okay? I have. In school, people put a tack in my chair on purpose to see what I would do. And it didn't take me long to stay in my chair when I sat on a tack. It prompted me to do something really, really quick. It really genuinely did. I mean, you know you got to do something about it. Well, it says here in James chapter 122, it says, and remember, it is a message to Obey to apply, not just to listen to. If you don't obey, you're only fooling yourself. But if you keep looking steadily into God's perfect law, you're beholding him. You're going to be transformed from glory to glory. If you continue looking steadily into God's perfect law, the law that sets you free. And if you do what it says, you apply what it says and you don't forget what you heard then God will bless you for doing it. Many people have the right aim. They have the right aim, but they never pull the trigger. They never apply what they have heard and what they've learned. And we got to learn to pull that trigger. We must apply it. You know, uh, there's so many things I want to share with you, but I can't get to them all right now, but they'll come out at other times in the future, I'm sure. But this gets you started you know, which just that you can grasp God's word. Apply all those things we learned. We wrote them on our fingers and our palm. Apply those things and you can get a hold of God's word. And it'll get a hold of you and it will bring radical change in your personal life. And everything you pray about, it will produce radical change, transformation. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. Put it to the test. Apply it. You know what? We're over... Our time. Do y'all believe in forgiving people? Okay, well, I went over a little bit too long, so y'all just forgive me for keeping you too long. It's all right. Thank you. Okay. Let's bow our heads and pray. And Susan, would you come here with me? What I would like to do as we've launched into this new year, I'd like us to reaffirm our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're here with us today, or maybe you're watching online and you've never declared your faith in Christ before, would you declare your faith in him today alongside us as we reaffirm our faith? Would you pray with me right now? Dear Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father. I believe that you love me. I believe that you love me. That's why you sent your son Jesus. That's why you sent your son Jesus. And he gave his life for me. And he gave his life for me. He paid for my sins. He paid for my sins. 
I believe he rose from the dead. I believe he rose from the dead. And he's knocking at the door of my heart. And he's knocking at the door of my heart. And I open wide that door. And I open wide that door. And I welcome Jesus inside. And I welcome Jesus inside. In every area of my life. In every area of my life. As my Savior. As my Savior. As my Lord. As my Lord. And my King. And my King. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen.